This is the Beautiful Feet Podcast. A partnership with BeautifulFeetEntertainment.com. Follow us on social media at Beautiful Feet Entertainment and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Beautiful Feet Podcast. This is Anthony. And I'm Jessica. And right now we're just going to go ahead and jump into our episode. Um, This episode is... Basically, it's a little more fun-loving. It's a little more just for pure entertainment's sake. We're going to be doing a movie review. Wow. Words. Try that again. We're going to be doing a movie review of um, Birds of Prey, the fabulous emancipation of Harley Quinn. Now, Jessica, let's talk about the movie. Okay. Um, For those of you who may not be aware we do a lot of movie reviews here at beautiful feet entertainment because personally that is one of our most favorite things to do is to watch a movie going to the movies and then to sit down and talk about it so our pick for today for this episode the movie that we just watched is like he said birds of prey and um this covers the story of harley quinn now we just want to know, like, if you want to see the movie and haven't, you probably should before you take a listen, because I'm sure we might have some spoilers going on. Yeah, I have no intention of holding anything back. But before we jump into the movie, I want to ask real quick, this has to do with the movie. It's not just some random question. What is your, um, what is your first impression of the character of Harley Quinn, whether it's from comics from tv or uh suicide squad i've had conversations with previous co-workers about harley quinn and specifically harley quinn and joker's relationship and how that oh, is we're not talk about that. that is not a model of what a good relationship should be so it really irks me when people are like oh i want to love like harley and joker and we're like no hmm. no you don't <laughs> i feel like we could do a whole episode on that and we might. We're going to dig into that a little bit in this episode. but Because um, I feel like we're going to parallel, um, you know, Suicide Squad and Harley Quinn. I'm just going to call it Harley Quinn for the sake of shortening the title. Or you could call it Birds of Prey. Uh, it's, it's, it's Harley Quinn's movie. Um, but yeah, so, what, like, so with the character of Harley Quinn, um, I, mean, I guess you didn't realize this. She was actually was never in the early comics. Yeah, I was totally unaware of that fact. I just had kind of assumed that she and the Joker had always been together. Now, or yeah, not together. Yeah, Joker's um, actual introduction to the comics was the very first issue of the Batman like comic book back in the 40s, I think it was. I'd have to research that. But So the first person that Batman faces is the Joker, but Harley Quinn is nowhere to be found. She actually doesn't come into the picture until the 1990s um, animated Batman like cartoon. They created uh, basically to be a love interest for the Joker. And uh, would you go ahead and give us a little bit of her backstory before she was known as Harley Quinn? Yes. So and the and and this is basically the first spoiler of the movie because this is how the movie starts. But basically, she her name is Harleen. Quinzel, which is an awesome name, um, she kind of comes from a broken home, but she she's very smart, she's very intelligent. She eventually becomes a psychiatrist and basically starts working at Arkham Asylum. And from that point on, that's where she meets the Joker. The Joker basically gets her to fall in love with her. Um, and because she starts to fall in love with him, um, which is a big no-no. You don't fall in love with your patients. But since she does fall in love with him, like, she breaks him out of Arkham Asylum. And she's at, on, at his side the whole time. And uh, just to clarify, for those of you listening who might not have a, as strong of a comic book background, um... We're going to be dealing with the DC Universe as opposed to the Marvel Universe for these characters. Yes, this is definitely a DC franchise. Um, Now, one thing that we had to look up 
just just for the fun of it, what the word Harlequin actually means? Would you mind going over that history? Um, Harlequin comes to us from the tradition of the Italian Commedia dell'arte. And in that tradition, you have different characters who are up on stage and they're playing certain specific parts and they usually have a mask and the mask helps to identify um, that particular character. And the character of Harlequin, as we found out um, by looking this up, Harlequin is, is a bit of a, of a trickster, a bit of a clown, just, um, just someone who is, who is there to entertain. Mm-hmm. And that was another thing that you said. Eventually, they became very romanticized character mm-hmm. and someone interested in finding like their love interest, which I find very, very interesting for the Harlequin and Harley Quinn because that's what she does. She attaches to Joker, hoping that he would one day be her love interest. Um, and he does show, like, he throughout the comics and the cartoons, predominantly the cartoons, he does show an interest in her. But most of their relationship is built off of he's manipulating her and he's very abusive and very... He wants her when he wants her around, but the minute he doesn't want her around, he kicks her to the curb, literally. And This brings us to our second spoiler for the movie, that we felt the deepest, most profound moment of this film was when she is talking about the fact that a Harlequin is nothing without their master. And obviously she's hinting at, the character Harley Quinn is hinting at her master being Joker. Um, which I thought was interesting to kind of compare Joker as a master instead of a love interest at this point. Because, again, throughout the, the cartoons, you definitely get this sense of, like, he's not, he's not in love with her. She's madly in love with him. He's manipulating her. Uh, and that really makes me think, when she, before she decided to follow him... Was he actually interested in her the way she thought, or was he just manipulating her? See, I feel like it was, at least from my understanding of the characters and their backstory, that Joker has always been manipulative of her because she's the reason he got out of Arkham Asylum in the first place, correct? Yes, that is correct. And in that particular moment, he's been in and out of Arkham Asylum and prison so many times it's hard to keep count. But uh, in that moment, yes. Um, and I think there is an, uh, a connection between them. Trust me, it's not a healthy connection by any stretch of the imagination. But there is a connection there. Well, and in this film, it also explores that connection. And the consequences of having it be severed by the fact that they're broken up. Because it turns out that in Gotham, the city in which this um, takes place... The Joker, because of his relationship with Harlequin, with Harley, that had provided her a certain level of protection, and it allowed her to act in pretty much any way that she pleased. But once nope, that... Nobody would ever try to retaliate if she was to attack. Once she makes it public that she and the Joker are no longer a couple, her protection is therefore removed, which means that there are many people in Gotham, who have it out for her. And that's kind of the premise of the movie. She breaks away from Joker. Uh, It doesn't even really show the breakup. It literally shows her getting thrown out of, I'm assuming it was like an apartment or a house. It looked more like an apartment to me. She could, I mean, and I'm not talking about she's just kind of shoved out the door. She like face plants on the concrete. Like, she hits the ground pretty hard. But we're going to move away from the... uh, and yes, the the physical abuse in their relationship is evident, even in the cartoon, which is kind of disturbing. Um, I don't think you've ever seen the cartoon, but I've seen enough clips of it. I watched it as a child, but I've seen enough clips of it in recent years where I'm just like, they put a lot of physical abuse between these characters on screen, and it was kind of crazy. Um, but we see her, and, and she's kind of, she feels liberated to be away from Joker, but at the same time, she she starts to see kind of her world change because, like you said, that protection is now gone. 
And she now has all these criminals coming after her because she's wronged them, she's harmed them, she's abused them because she's under the protection of Joker. Um, and, and go ahead. And in this film, Harlequin, she is the main character, but she is by no means the main focus of this film. There are a variety of different characters that we're introduced to as well, including Huntress and Black Canary. Okay, and, and if you've ever watched the show Arrow, it's the same Black Canary, but it's just a different actress. It's the same character, um, even the same name, but just different actress. Um, so you already kind of know her backstory, even though Arrow's character is totally different. So, like, she had a um, different backstory, so... In the film, we see that Harlequin, after she and the Joker break up, she is in a bar... And the Black Canary is singing there, so that's how we make that connection. Yeah, um, and the Bla Black Canary is singing. She actually works for the individual who owns the bar, who is kind of the main bad guy of the whole movie. Um, he wasn't that intimidating of a bad guy, but we're going to move on from that. We're going to go back to that in a minute. Um, so we that's her beginning of the backstory. She then... Black Canary later becomes the driver for the bad guy. For this main villain in this movie. Meaning she's like delivering probably stolen goods or illegal things to, you know, to make money. Um, and she eventually turns her back on that and tries to become one of the good guys. So you see, um, throughout the course of this film, it is mostly... Harlequin, and then really toward the end of the film, there's this mismatched, like a hodgepodge collection of women who may not really like each other, but they have a common enemy in um, Black Canary's boss. Roman, is it Solitary? Solis? I don't know how to say the last Solarius, I think is what it was. Solarius. But we're just going to call him Roman. Yes, for... Simplicity's sake. Simplicity's sake. We're going to call him Roman. Now, I do want to go over um, Huntress's backstory because she was awesome and I don't think she got the light that she needed. Um, so Huntress, I think she makes an appearance on Arrow, but I think it's literally for like an episode or two episodes. It's very brief. Uh, her backstory is she was within the family. Uh, she was the... I think daughter of basically one of the biggest like drug lords in uh, Gotham. And at one point in time in her childhood, she sees her entire family like brutally murdered by a, a rival gun, you know, uh, drug boss basically or gang lord or whatever so you want to call it. There's a there's a gentleman who wants to be able to take over what her family has built that sort of crime empire so yes. he has gathered everyone who is related to that family i think she happened to be away from home at the time she was it brought looked like in. she was just coming home from school because mm -hmm. she was what'd you say eight she maybe first second think, grade yeah she's she's, she's a baby. younger and she gets brought in to this room where her whole family is i mean cousins uncles aunts everybody and she's in the middle of this massacre. So her, her, um, the chauffeur, the, the servant for, I don't know how to say it, but yeah, we'll go with chauffeur because I feel like that's a better that, that's way to put pretty, it. That's pretty accurate. He, he takes her. her. He sees that she's still alive. He takes her. He takes her away from Gotham. He takes her to Sicily to be raised by his family. And she is raised to be an assassin. Yeah, and it's cool because her weapon of choice was the, uh, the crossbow. crossbow. So the whole time, the, the, the people she's hunting after are basically the people who killed her family. It's very easy to understand. Um, she goes in and she attacks these men with a crossbow. So the whole movie, they're calling her the Crossbow Killer, which honestly is, more, is an awesome name. But she prefers to be called the Huntress because in her eyes, she's hunting them. Um, but now her mission of hunting 
these individuals is over. Like, she has killed the final person who was involved in that plot to overthrow her family. Yeah. Um, and so, basically, like Jessica said, they get, they basically, Harley Quinn, Black Canary, Huntress, and a, a kind of a rogue police officer all kind of band together, basically, to protect this young girl. The reason why they're protecting this young girl is everyone's after her. Her name is um, Cassandra Kane. Thank you. The reason they're after this young girl is because Huntress's dad had a diamond that basically held the secrets of his family's fortune and how to get it. She finds this diamond eventually. This young girl swallows it because she's like, I don't want to lose it. She didn't realize it was that important. She just thought it was a diamond that she can get rich off of. I feel like we should clarify that this young woman is a pickpocket on the streets yes. of Gotham. and that's how she gets it. She pickpockets... Uh, actually, she pickpockets uh, Roman, one of Roman's men. That's how she gets the diamond. Um, but anyway, so they're spending this time protecting this girl as they're waiting to get the diamond. Um, and they kind of form this team. And that's where Birds of Prey comes from. Uh, but of course, Harley Quinn... She's like, I'm going to help you guys. She basically forms the group. But at the last minute, after all the bad guys are defeated, spoiler, they the, the birds of prey win. Go figure. Um, she splits off with the young girl, ends up getting the diamond, and gets away. Because, again, she's trying to start her own criminal empire, basically. So she had to overthrow Roman to do it, which that was actually a cool scene. Uh, it was very brief, but it was cool. There were a lot of really interesting fight scenes in this film. We've got fight scenes going on where there's like a sprinkler going off, so there's water all over the floor. There's they're having a fight in like an evidence room again in a police station. There's like her entrance and the police station. Now Anthony can tell you I'm not normally one to be intrigued by fight scenes, but I I did find them just really well crafted and put together yeah and the use of weaponry was cool because it wasn't always weapons it wasn't like you're just running in with guns and bombs and explosives they at one point she just harley quinn just uses a bat and she just goes to town on a bunch of dudes with a bat and that was probably fun that was fun to watch and this harkens back to her time with with the suicide squad as well we see her primary weapon is a bat I kind of wish it was the same bat, though. That would have been a cool touch. But anyway, um, yeah, and another cool fight scene they had was at the end because Harley Quinn's doing a whole fight scene with roller derby skates on. That was cool. Um, I had a hard time believing she could outrace a car, but she did, you know. Well, she had some help. Black Canary was using her motorcycle to help Harley Quinn catch up to the bad guy's vehicle, so. Yeah, so it wasn't just her, you know, hell-bent on trying to outrace this car. So, is there any more of the, the summary of the movie we need to jump into? There were a few moments of humor, and then there were also some moments I was like, I feel like I could have lived without that. Yeah, um... I think they, they had a lot of times where they attempted, like, a big laugh. Now, it could have been because we were in a theater of five to ten people. Not yeah, even it ten was people. almost like having a private screening. It was great. It was cool. I liked it. Um, but I wonder if those moments where we, I kind of expected a big laugh and we didn't get one. I wonder if had we had a room full of people, if that laugh, if that effect would have been different. One of the parts that was the funniest to me is... You see Harlequin like she she has a tranquilizer dart in her neck and so she's so she's, she's basically uh, paralyzed. Currently immobilized, but she's Thank starting you. to like come out of it a little bit and so she just takes the dart and they've brought the bad guy over to her and she's just gently like putting the jabbing dart it like, in, repeatedly jabbing it into, into his, his arm leg. repeatedly or his chest or something. But it was just the way she did it, it was just It was so, so funny. funny. I was um, like, This is hilarious. Now I know, you know, before we started recording, we were talking about, oh, um, as far as a Christian point of view, there's not a whole lot to pinpoint here. 
and it really isn't. There's no moment of like, like I don't want to be opening up and you know grasping at straws here. This was purely for entertainment value. But I do have to say, I do, I do think it's something to point out. Um, you know, like we kind of mentioned before, the relationship between Harley Quinn and Joker, um, and this is kind of going into Suicide Squad, but I think that looking into that, like that's where the biggest life lesson is is who you keep around you. Do you know, do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, because Harley Quinn, obviously she's in a relationship with Joker. That goes sideways multiple times over and it becomes verbally abusive, uh, physically abusive, psychologically abusive. I mean, it's abusive on every level. Well, and you see, there is a moment in the film where Roman, the bad guy, basically says, hey, because you're not Joker's, like, you can be mine and they have this moment where it goes into like a little bit of a montage and she's dressed in this nice dress and they're singing like diamonds are a girl's best friend but like he's got all of his henchmen just restricting her yeah um and so i do think there's a lesson there of like if you empower yourself with people who are being empowered such as black canary was trying to break free of this guy's grasp Harley Quinn was trying to stay free. Um, you know, um, you have the police officer who's trying to break free of a, of a, basically a captain who used to be her partner who kind of takes all the credit for her work. So she's trying, so there is this break free idea, but there's also this idea of like, you have to pick empowering people to be around. Well, and you see this with Cassandra as well, like Harley Quinn when they're kind of becomes a mentor to her with each other she's like hey let me tell you kind of the rules if you're really gonna want to live on the streets and make this your life like let me give you some lessons yeah and and so in that case i think there is that i would never recommend anyone follow in harley quinn's footsteps whether it's romantic relationships or just friendships like she kind of for lack of a better term, she kind of screws over a lot of her friends because her mentality is at the point where, well, they're going to screw me over anyway. I'd rather do it to them first. Again, before she met the Joker, before she interacted with him, she was fairly well adjusted. Yeah. Um, but then again, she did have a broken past. So we don't know what was internally going on with Harleen Quinzel. That made her snap to become Harley Quinn, but I think that's, you know, sometimes I think the biggest examples in life are the anti-example. Like, don't mm -hmm. follow that. Um, and I would definitely agree with this movie. Like, it's fun to watch. It's it, it was entertaining. It wasn't exactly what we expected, and we'll go into that in a minute. But I think the lesson here is don't go into that kind of relationship. Learn from it instead of learning about it you know what I mean like because it was very difficult to see these women in positions where they were like tied down or men were were basically beating them up like you know we would never want to promote to promote, promote or that. condone like domestic violence so well and there's even that like and again I kind of know a little more about Harley Quinn and Joker so I'm looking at it from a couple different angles but like I said, there was never really a romance there on both sides. He just manipulated her mentally, emotionally, and physically in every way that he could to get whatever he wanted out of her. Um, and But it was cool to kind of watch her break free of that, but I kind of wanted her to cling on to that hero role where she, at the end she goes back into crime. So it really was anticlimactic for me in that regard she um she even had these these cute little business cards printed up at the end of the movie and it was like harley quinn and associate yeah and the so, associate being um cassandra's character yeah so she does kind of go i'm gonna start my own business but the business is basically to be a crime lord so or a step backwards. A finder of lost things that does come up. Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. There was another one. Oh, mercenary, but she couldn't spell it. She, she was drunk and she was, you know, mumbling out mercenary. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, 
I mean, what was your overall thought of this movie? Let's let's dig. Um, I guess one last little tidbit. Ewan McGregor plays Roman's character, and through the entire movie, Anthony was sitting there like, who is that guy? I know that guy. So I told him, I was like, yeah, it's Ewan McGregor. Yeah, it took me, <laughs> took me until I was told that it was Ewan McGregor. Um, I wasn't so, impressed. what did I think of the movie overall? When we, when we were sitting down to be like, okay, we're going to go to the movies today, we had two choices. Like, I initially was like, okay, we're going to go. We're going to see The Turning. Like, this is our pick, right? And then I saw, oh, wait, Birds of Prey is out already because I thought it wasn't coming out till this weekend. And so we had to come up with some pros and cons to pick which movie we wanted to see. Running time. They're both about one hour and 40 minutes. I think um, Birds of Prey was a few minutes more. Mm-hmm. It was like 49, 149. But still, it's around the same running time. And then we thought, okay, well, let's look at the start time for the movies. One was 12.30, one was 12.45. Very similar start times. So we're like, okay, to, to break this tie, because we obviously can't see both movies right now, we need to pick just one. We went and we watched a trailer for each film. Yeah. And it kind of came down to, um, you know, Birds of Prey is basically like, you know, we thought it would just be kind of, this is more fun. This is just going to be more purely for entertainment. We don't have to worry about getting terrified or freaked out or, you know, Jessica doesn't have to worry about that. And even though we both agree that like seeing The Turning, which is a scary movie, seeing that in theaters is going to heighten that experience as opposed to like watching it at home. Um, so we know we want to see that in theaters, but it kind of just came down to, you know what? I'm, we were kind of just more in the mood for something goofy and fun to watch. A little bit more lighthearted. And I know like it is very difficult to be like, there's all this crime and all this stuff going on. How could it be funny? But like they really pulled off some interesting moments. Yeah. And, and they... I think they just made it fun to watch. And I liked it because the humor, at like, it wasn't entirely inappropriate. Sometimes you'll go into a film like that and you're like, whoa, I don't feel comfortable with this. Now, I will say this. Um, it is uh, an R-rated movie. So, yes. there's a lot of foul language. There's not a whole lot of sex. I was really thankful that, like, there wasn't a whole lot of sex. Like... Yeah, the women are not fully clothed, but they're not running around naked. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Harley Quinn, like, okay, if, if you've seen Suicide Squad, everybody knows she's wearing them tight shorts. And I actually heard, I don't know if this is true, but Margot Robbie did not like those shorts. Mm-hmm. So when she became executive producer for this movie, for the Harley Quinn movie, she she exonated the shorts. She was wearing. She was wearing some shorts, some shorts, but like they were not so tight. They yeah, were not they so were not as short. Yeah, uh, and then in the end, she's wearing pants. So, and I actually like that look better. That was my favorite look. The overalls with yeah, that, that was, was my cute. favorite look. Um, and that I like that. I, I feel like the it was it was tasteful as far as sexuality. There was a few moments where I they kind of tipped the tipped over. But it wasn't major moments. You know, you can kind of just look at look away for a brief moment and you're good. Um, language is there. It's language all over the place. Sputtering throughout the movie. But I feel like that was authentic to Harley Quinn's character. Though. Yeah. Like, it, if you're familiar with her, this is how now that she is Harley Quinn and not... Harleen Quinzel. Harleen Quinzel. She, she is going to have... Um, a different way of speaking, different mannerisms, a, a different way of acting. Because as Anthony said, like, she's gone off the deep end. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, we did enjoy the movie. It was not our favorite. It definitely did not go where we thought it was going to go. See, we thought it was really going to be from the get-go of like, hey, here's this ensemble cast of women all working together to fight crime. That yeah. didn't really happen until the last 20 minutes of the film. I I kind of looked at it this way. I figured the first 20 minutes, maybe half hour of the film, would be establishing characters. And then it would go into the budding cop story of everyone grouping together. 
some in some way I'm glad it didn't do that. Hello. Sorry, my phone just went off twice apparently. Um, I'm kind of glad that it didn't do that. Um, because it, it, in this way, we got an establishment of each character. Which I feel like in Suicide Squad, we didn't get establishment for each character. Just the main ones they wanted to talk about. Um, but I wanted them to get to the partnering up way sooner. I felt like there was some stuff that could have been rearranged to do that. But, you know. And, again, with the villain, we're like, okay, you're you're supposed to be terrified of this guy? Like, that's a premise. That's a key point in this film. And we're like, he's just not that scary. Yeah. He really wasn't. Honestly, he didn't do anything for himself. Maybe that's because he's, like, super rich and he can pay people to do it. But he any- was definitely super rich. Yeah, but anytime he wanted something done, he'd snap his finger and go do that for me. And it's like... I'm not scared of you. Now I'm scared of your henchmen, but I'm not really scared of you. Um, And I don't think he made... He just didn't seem scary. Like, Joker is scary because he has henchmen, but when it comes down to the nitty-gritty, he wants to do it. Because, like, Anthony can tell you, normally I'm not super... that much of a fan of the Batman movies because the villains are too dark for me. But I didn't get that feeling with this film. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, But I will, you know, all in all, I enjoyed the movie um i don't know i can't guarantee i'd like watch it again in theaters but i would definitely watch it at home you know i would definitely watch it when it streams now a quick question for you is morbius also a dc character spider-man so yes okay no wait sorry that's Marvel. so that's uh morbius will be that's a marvel uh that's going to be a movie that we are definitely ready to see this summer. So, Okay, so since we are speaking about movies, let's kind of go over briefly some of the movies we are planning on seeing and what we might be doing, I'm going to say might be doing on the podcast. So we've got, my first one is The Black Widow. Mm-hmm. We know we're going to see that because we have seen, but whether together or separately, every single uh, Marvel movie. So, that's cool. And because I love ballet, and there's like that little snippet of ballet in the trailer, I was like, I'm there for this. Absolutely. Um, and then we have Wonder Woman. Uh, Comes out, like... Hot. Go ahead. It comes out on my birthday, okay? I'm so excited. She's so <laughs> excited. Her face just... She tried to hold it in. I know. It's like so super nerdy, that. but I'm Those very Those two excited. movies, I feel like we're definitely going to do on the podcast. But if we're going to do that, you know me. We ha- we're we going to have to watch the original Wonder Woman and like... Which we own, so which we own, not a problem. So we will do that. And we might have to maybe not watch the entire Marvel, but like get an... You know... We introduce ourselves to Black Widow. A refresher course, yeah. as it were. Um, are there any other movies that you're just like chomping at the bit to see that may make it into the podcast? Well, we know we're going to see The Turning. So that might may be on there. And I want to see the new Scooby-Doo movie, but will we do a podcast about it? Probably not. I'm not going to say no. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see. Um... I don't know. I, mean, I think The Quiet Place might be interesting to see uh, and talk about. The Quiet Place 2. Yeah, which I would then talk about both because why not? Um, so yeah, they're coming out with a new Quiet Place, um, which I'm stoked about. Jessica's not. Uh, she's shaking her head. But, no. Um, <laughs> oh, the, uh, the Free Guy? With Ryan the Free Guy? Free Guy. Free Guy. Um, maybe. That one we're going to see with... We're going to try to see with some friends of ours. I don't know. Maybe they'll jump on the podcast. That would be fun. We'll see. Anyway, uh, but we are going to try to bring some more movies, some more music reviews, and we're still going to bring in some honest co- topics because I feel like when we get into those honest topics, like we're able to, like you always say, be transparent and be who we are. Uh, but I also don't want the podcast to be just, here's a bunch of just, you know, Bible study stuff. I want to, you know, give people stuff that they enjoy and they, they're entertained by. Well, because we realize that we don't live in a monastery. Like, we um, yeah. <laughs> we enjoy things that are not always 
hey, this is biblically based. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. And I feel like if we're able to share that with you guys, then you're, you're willing to share stuff with us and we build a community. It's it, it's hard to build community when you build walls. It just it really is. Um, and if we just focused on... That made me think of the Black Panther movie, actually. Like at the very end, when they... Uh, when they do the new science center or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. When he... Okay. When he's making the speech. Anyway, so, if you yeah. haven't seen Black Panther, please watch it. It's definitely worth your time. Oh, my gosh. The Marvel movies. All of them. I can't... I mean, one or two that were decent. But still, like, majority of them were really good. Anyway, is there any last-minute topics before we go ahead and jump into a break? Uh, is there anything else that you want to say about Birds of Prey? Go see it. Honestly, you know, get some people together, do a review, talk about it. You know, find some stuff that you enjoy about it. And just as a reminder, it is rated R, so please be aware of that in the maturity level of the people that you're going to keep be. Keep the kids at home. Yeah, keep the kids this at home. This is not for the kids. <laughs> um, I mean, there was even times where I was like, okay. And guys... There's a whole bunch of dudes getting hit in the nuts. I'm sorry. I had to put it out there. I cringed about three or four times, but they kept swinging for the nuts. There was one time where she threw a bowling ball at a dude's nuts, and I was like, I can't, I can't. I think I actually did cringe on that one. Cause yeah, I looked it over at you. I'm like, are you okay? Yeah, I, anyway. Guys, you know, you know how it is. It, 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 we all cringe right when we see that happen, but... Yeah, any last-minute thoughts before we jump into to commercial? Um, I guess if we just had to really sum it up, Birds of Prey is like a nice kind of a light film. It You're really not going to come away with a lot of deep thoughts, but if you're just looking for a way to chill out a little bit... Yeah. Then... Or, yeah, if you're just a fan of, of the character Harley Quinn... I feel like that's... Jump. That's definitely a key factor. Like, if you're not into the DC Universe or Harley Quinn, I would say probably skip this film. But if you like that character, go ahead and see it. Alright. Well, we're going to go ahead and jump into a quick break. When we come back, we're going into Acts Chapter 8. Is that correct? Yes. yes we're going is. to Acts Chapter 8, and we'll go from there. So we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Beautiful Feet Podcast. This is the section of the show where we're going to go ahead and um, go over Acts chapter 8. And yes, I almost forgot it again. Um, I do want to remind you, I do want to urge you, I hope that you're reading along with us. This is not a, a substitute for the Bible. This is strictly us just giving our thoughts on it uh, and going through an overview. Um, let's go ahead, before we jump into the Bible of Acts chapter 8, Let's go ahead and talk about Acts chapter 7. Just do a quick review. Sorry, our cat was totally like trying to be on my lap okay, right now. So she just a, a, like, cat, a cat just dug into her like arm. Like it got me in the arm. Because the cats really like it when like they can cuddle with me and I can hold them. But now it's not really the most appropriate time for me to do that. So not anyway. So, Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7. Okay, to recap, we see um, Stephen. Stephen. Yeah, Stephen is talking to the Sanhedrin, and he's basically giving them a crash course in their own history just to be like, here's uh, why I'm defending myself using stuff that you're all going to be familiar with. Yes. He basically ends his defense by saying that throughout your history, you've resisted the Holy Spirit. That's what you're doing now. That's why you don't like what's going on here. And specifically why you don't like me is because mm -hmm. I'm going to be speaking like the Holy Spirit's going to be speaking through me and I'm going to keep teaching people about Jesus. And because of that, he basically gets stoned to death, which is the idea is you take big rocks, big pebbles, and beat them with it uh, and throw them at them. Um, now, that's really where chapter 7 ends, is the death of Stephen, which is kind of gruesome if you think about it. But it goes into Acts chapter 8. 
Now, what I really liked about Acts chapter 8 is it's kind of, and I, I'm going to go ahead and read this verse. Acts chapter 8, verse, I'm going to say verse 1, I believe it is. Yeah, verse 1. And there rose on that, on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judah, Samaria, uh, Judah and Samaria, except the apostles. So basically, after the stoning of Stephen, the disciples, they just dispersed. Meaning, they were kind of running for their lives because they knew that they were going to face the same, the same gruesome death. Now, why is that important to the faith, to Christianity, and, and to, to the gospel? What? Well, um, in chapter 7, we also see the introduction of Saul. And right now, it literally says in my Bible, and Saul approved of their killing him, meaning Stephen. Yeah, um, he was there. He actually, it was his orders to do it. But we'll get more into Saul and Paul and all of that in chapter 9. As far as why is it important to us in the modern day church, it's because the church in many places throughout the world is still heavily persecuted. Yeah. Basically, per persecution is, you know, when you, when you share the gospel or you're sharing something of that nature and it's not like it's frowned upon. In this case, they were being put to death because of what they were doing uh, because they... The leaders of that area thought that it was against their religious beliefs. Um, but the reason this is important, one, it's the beginning of the spread of the gospel. So this is where you see the gospel start to um, move and, and be um, spoken in different parts of the world. Which is still something that pastors and, and missionaries do to this day. They will take the gospel and give it to people all around the world and that's one of the biggest things for me because um, and I love it because in this chapter we also see that even though these men were facing death they still and then they they were scattered around the nations they still preached the gospel they didn't forget about it they they kept preaching it and we're actually gonna go into one of those stories this week um, we're gonna go into Simon the Magician, or as your Bible calls him, the Sorcerer. I like that better. Magician sounds like some dude you'd find on a like Las Vegas stage. T tell us about Simon. What's going on with him? Well, we're going to be going to um, Samaria now because that's where he is going to be practicing his sorcery. Um. And Philip is also going to be in Samaria. So basically what Philip has been doing is when he is, when he is telling people about Jesus and they're receiving this message, he's also performing signs. Like Philip is able to, um, to heal people, people who might uh, be paralyzed. Like So there's a, a physical healing that's happening. But then there's also... These, they're referred to as um, impure spirits. So that's that's on a, a different level. But um, Simon sees that Philip has this ability, right? Like he um, he is aware of what's going on, also in the city. And one thing I loved is so. Simon already has shown that he has great abilities. He has, I don't want to say powers, but for lack of a better term, he does have these powers and these abilities um, as a sorcerer. But what he sees in Peter, who's healing the sick, who's preaching the gospel, um, he's, he's in awe and, and amazed by this to the point where... Because um, Peter and John have also been sent to Samaria because they heard in Jerusalem, okay, like a lot of people are hearing about Jesus and they're becoming baptized. And that was just something that, again, many people, 
they didn't know who Jesus was. You know, you have to realize they didn't have the communication that we have now where we could simply, you know, update our status and it goes around the entire globe. They had to like travel face to face to speak with people. He's speaking with Simon and like Simon is just amazed. And now Simon actually becomes a believer. Yes, he believes in Jesus and he gets baptized and he is there when um, Peter and John are going to be laying hands on these believers because they haven't received the Holy Spirit yet. They've just been baptized by water. And once Simon witnesses the Holy Spirit, this is the interaction that Simon and Peter have together. Now, just to kind of clear that up, when, when the Bible says that they're laying hands on each other, Basically, they're like, you know, they might place their hand on the shoulder or on their head and just pray for them. I don't want that to freak anyone out and be like, oh, they're, you know, that sounds barbaric or, or something they don't understand. It's, it's basically a way of praying for somebody with a physical touch. Um, but it's amazing because he starts to see these men and, and, and women receive the Holy Spirit. And we spoke about this in earlier in Acts where, you know, receiving the Holy Spirit, it's one of the things that happens is you start to speak in another language. Uh, often most people don't understand that language because it's you speaking directly to God. And, and he's just and amazed by that. But he makes one big mistake in this moment. What was that big mistake that Simon had made? So... Um, starting in verse 18, Simon says, Give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But um, we see that Simon offered them money. That was the big mistake. Instead of wanting to be just filled with the Holy Spirit freely, Simon was like, Here, I will pay for this ability. And I, I kind of took that as not just I'm paying for it, but it's this idea of, uh, one, God's, God's magnificent ability can be purchased. But also you have uh, this idea that he's probably going to, because he's a sorcerer, he's going to use it for monetary gain. I was just going to mention, like, let's look at Simon's life within this context. Before he had heard about Jesus, being a sorcerer probably was his primary source of income. Yeah, and so it's almost like you would see a magician now where they perform tricks, they perform stunts, they, they do these shows and people pay to see it. And the disciples wanted nothing to do with this. They're like, this you can't buy God off. You can't buy these abilities. And Did you want me to go over um, this little what is sorcery? Portion? Absolutely, yes. Please okay. do that. Again, because I use a Bible that's created and designed with kids in mind, it has little footnotes that I really enjoy. And one of them, it's called Did You Know? Um, so this Did You Know is what is sorcery? Kind of clearing up chapter 8, verse 9. So sorcery is evil magic. It is not like the magic you see on TV. It is supposed to give a person power over others. Mm -hmm. A sorcerer named Simon saw the power Jesus apostles had he wanted that power for himself so he offered the apostles money for that power the power the apostles had was the power from the Holy Spirit and that power can't be bought or sold I feel yeah. like that's um, a pretty important reminder for us today I, I would agree I think we we look at the Holy Spirit today um, again almost like the way we look at God in general as if I pray if I believe, he'll give me whatever I want. But the truth is, is God is moving in our lives so that we can glorify him and so that we can spread the gospel. Um, and the way that we spread the gospel is by being obedient to God, not, not God being obedient to us. And uh, talking about ways to spread the gospel, I think that is a perfect segue into the last portion of chapter 8. Agreed. Which is Philip and the Ethiopian. Well, before we get into e to Ethiopia, let's go back to Samaria for a moment. You had mentioned something to me while we were prepping about Samaria 
that I think we need to have in context um, about this. I just, um, like, as he and I, we always kind of do a little bit of a discussion. We go back and forth over what we want to focus on for the podcast. And I was reminding him that in this cultural context, like, when Jesus was alive and when he was doing his ministry, for him to go into Samaria, like, culturally, that was not really an acceptable thing. Like, because they had different they had differences like most Jews would not want to go through Samaria they were like nope we're gonna go around it like we don't Mm want to have interaction with this particular people group I think uh, Uh, the woman the the woman at the well is an example of this yeah and I think one of the reasons was um, they were considered like almost from an economical standpoint like a rich person dealing with a homeless person. You just don't do it. But I think there was also a racial tension there as well um, on that behalf. But I just wanted to give that cue to you guys. Um, But let's go ahead and leave Samaria and go into Ethiopia and let's look into that scripture. Um, So what we see there is we see Philip going into this area and once again, you know, he's going there almost in a fear for his life, but at the same time, um, spreading the gospel. So obviously the, the spirit is working and moving within him so that he's not afraid to speak the gospel. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and let you jump into that for a moment. Well, in this context, starting at verse 26 through the end of the chapter, we actually see that an angel of the Lord has told Philip which road that he needs to take um, going from Jerusalem to Gaza. And as he's traveling along this road, there is um, an Ethiopian who is in charge of the treasury. So he is like an important official. Mm -hmm. And he is currently reading from the book of Isaiah. And Philip kind of, he catches up to him. And he says, do you understand what you're reading? And the Ethiopian says in verse 31, how can I unless someone explains it to me? So he invites Philip to come up and sit with him. And we had already kind of pointed out to each other how important this was, even for today. Um, Because I feel like the biggest uh, hurdle that people have to jump over when it comes to reading the Bible, I don't understand it. I read it, it doesn't make sense to me. I've read this before and I don't know what it's saying. Um, And I love what he says because he says, well, how can I understand it if someone doesn't explain it to me? Well, and now like we do have so many different iterations of the Bible. Like we have the Bible for children. We have the comic book Bible. I think there's even like a Lego Bible. So the Bible, like the main stories at least, have been broken down in ways that are much more manageable for us but at that time they just had the original language which i think was old testament would have been aramaic Um, the new testament's greek we'll have to look into that um because i don't want to steer you wrong i'm all about being historically accurate yeah we'll look into that but uh one thing i i bringing it back to today's time one thing that the one thing the Holy Spirit does besides just guide you through your life, if you sit with Scripture and read it enough, um, and I, and I'm talking about actually try to read it and try to understand it, the Holy Spirit will actually guide you into what God is saying through these verses. So I love what He says. What He says, you know, how can I understand it if um, someone, if no one explains it to me? Now we live in a time where we have the Holy Spirit to give us that knowledge. If we sit there and actually immerse ourselves in God's word. And because of the fact that Philip was there with him and able to like explain not only this passage, but he goes into the good news, like the story of Jesus. The, that story was so compelling that the Ethiopian literally finds like a pool he finds a body of water along where they're traveling, and he has to be baptized, like, right then. Mm-hmm. Well, there was a verse that he was reading um, 
It was Isaiah, right? In yes. Isaiah, uh, which I want to go ahead and read. This comes from, do we know where in Isaiah? Isaiah 53, verses 7 and 8. Uh, he says, Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its uh, shearer is silent. So he opens his so he opens his mouth in his humili- humiliation justice was denied him who can describe his generation for his life is taken away from the earth so that's what this man is reading and he's asking uh Philip for some cl- you know clarification and knowing the truth and having the holy spirit um, I almost said Peter, but Philip is able to speak to him and go, you know what, those are pointing to this man named Jesus who died on a cross. Um, and he did so silently. He didn't protest. He didn't, you know, get upset. He, he did so quietly um, so that we can be freed from our brokenness and our sin and we can be given this new life that Jesus has. So that's how he segues it into this conversation. And from there on, um, they then find a body of water and they baptize this man who was reading the Bible. And baptism is still important for us today because it's a declaration of the fact that we are becoming a new person in Christ. And Anthony Mm -hmm. is very involved in the baptism ministry at the church that we go to. Yeah, and and, and the thing about it is... um, Baptism, it's, it's a uh, visible or a actual way of showing people your faith. Uh, what should happen first is obviously the heart change that, that God allows. Um, and it's also important that people who are getting baptized understand the gravity of that decision. Yeah, it's not something it, to be taken or it's made lightly. It's not something to be made lightly. Uh, I once made a decision to get baptized and I actually had a pastor because uh, I went up to him and I was like, hey, I want to get baptized. And he's like, you know, because he knew my situation, he knew what was going on at the time. He kind of actually urged me not to get baptized. Um, but to, And he kind of walked me through why. And I really appreciate that because we don't want it to be... It's, it's not meant to be, oh, just you just do it because everyone else is doing it. If God is speaking to your heart, then you would do it. Um, if if you're at a point where you're still questioning your faith and you're not sure, you might want to let it sit for a while. And for us, honestly, um, kind of delving into our personal story as a couple, it was right after we had gotten engaged that we decided, like, okay, because we're literally planning a life together, this is the opportunity that we have to just make sure we're on the same page about this, you know? Yeah. And we spoke about it. And we actually got the chance to baptize, baptize each other. And that was an amazing thing. Um, so, yeah. Um, that's Acts chapter 8. Were there anything else we needed to jump into and look into as far as that scripture? Um, no. I'm honestly surprised that we were able to unpack so much because I looked at what we had outlined for today and we almost had thought about breaking this up into two weeks because there was just so much content going on in this chapter yeah um yeah i mean there's still a whole lot in there to unpack again we're giving you a brief overview get into the scripture email us ask us questions get on uh, instagram and twitter at beautiful feet entertainment And you'll be able to contact us if you have questions, if you have anything that you do not understand. We will do our best to answer them for you. Um, Because we're always happy to hear from you. Like That's the reason that we have the podcast is not just to have ourselves talk, but we really want to build this up and have it be a community of people. Yes, absolutely. And um, like I said, you can always visit um, beautifulfeetentertainment.com. I'm a little behind on uh, writing study guides for these scriptures um, and for these Bible studies. I'm going to actually take some time this weekend and do that um, and get caught up with that. But once I get those up there, they'll, you'll be able to have more of uh, some resources for you. 
Um, but yeah, other than that, I'm going to go ahead and pray, and we'll go ahead and uh, go from there. Okay. Father, uh, go ahead. Sorry. Just be on the lookout next week for Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9, and we have a really good episode coming up next week. Um, it's going to be kind of a heavier episode, so that's why this week we didn't want to go too heavy. But anyway, I'm going to go ahead and pray, and we'll go from there. Uh, Father God, I thank you for this week. I thank you for um, just the example that Philip and that Peter and Stephen have been um, through Acts and through this, this book. I just pray that as we're reading this, that we would follow the calling of the Holy Spirit, that we would follow the urging of the Holy Spirit to preach the gospel and to, to live out our, our faith in a brave um, and bold way so that we can spread that truth even further. Uh, we thank you for everyone here um, um, just with us, whether they're listening or um, just you know writing in, talking to us. I pray that you would just bless them and be with them. And Father, be with our families um, as you know we have sicknesses and things going on in our families. I pray that you would just be with us and bring healing to our family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hi right, guys. Um, have a great week. We'll be back with you next week uh, with Acts chapter 9 as well as uh, we're going over uh, some, some pretty heavy ideas. We're going to go ahead and jump into that next week. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Beautiful Feet Podcast, a partnership of BeautifulFeetEntertainment.com. Please feel free to follow us on social media at Beautiful Feet Entertainment. Please visit BeautifulFeetEntertainment.com and do not forget to like, share, and subscribe.